0: Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And thank you for joining us on this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, who is president of All Metals and Forge Group. And Lou, we're gonna be talking with Anthony and the others today about the manufacturing
1: report on business. Uh, actually, it's report on uh, business and services. Uh, so anthony, you you did a fine job. The numbers are looking great. Let's, uh let's get right into it.
2: Well, I appreciate you complimenting me on the numbers almost like I had everything to do with it, but I'll take the credit where you know if you're <laughs> gonna give it to me.
1: <laughs> well it and looks the, like you uh, were a little jealous of uh Tim Fiore's uh business report uh because isn't it the same number at fifty eight seven?
2: And we didn't even talk to each other about that. So uh wow. yeah, came in exactly the same <laughs> Yeah,
1: that's great. That's great. You must have asked the same people the same questions.
2: Yeah, right, except, you know, it's it's about time that manufacturing has been uh, holding up their end of the bargain here for the economy. So I like to see that. You know, even last month's number at 60.5 was very strong, and the 58.7 composite index for both, um, I can't remember the last time that's happened, but we'll take it. Looks good.
1: Yeah. Meanwhile, yesterday's mainstream media was saying, oh, my goodness, the business report took a drop. And all those poor people that listen to mainstream media, they say, oh, my God, the end of the world is coming. It dropped. Little do they realize, and we should explain it, uh, that anything over 50 is a win. So even if it dropped one or two points as long as it's over 50
2: we're expanding yes and you hit it you're spot on with that lou i mean we're measuring change month over month and as that baseline adjusts each month it's measuring that growth pattern and too often uh people like to put a numeric value to this diffusion index um like it's a a plus or negative uh you know and it's not the case at all you 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 hit it right on the head well, okay, so let's uh, let's get to it and see where all the good news is coming from. Great. Well, when we look at the composite index, as we've been talking about, the 58.7, it's up one percentage point month over month, and that composite uh, for the services sector is driven by the four sub indexes that comprise that: the business activity, new orders, employment, and supplier deliveries and they're both in the uh, north of the 50 baseline. Uh business activity at 59.9 is down ever so slightly from the 60.5 last month, still a very strong reading. New orders, yeah. nice surprise here, up 3.2 percentage points to 61.8 from the 58.6. That tells us what's in the pipeline. That looks very good. The employment picture, uh which We know that uh, jobs are not fully back from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, We contracted last month at 48.7, up 6.5 percentage points to 55.2. Our respondents are indicating that they are staffing in critical areas. As things are starting to open up again, they're starting to take their uh, labor and and really look at uh, bringing back some workers. Uh, Hopefully this trend will continue. Uh, Supply deliveries are slowing, down 5 percentage points from last month where it was 62.8. We do have supply and demand issues. We have uh, overland trucking issues and shortage of truckers continues, as well as uh, comments uh, indicate that we have port congestion as we're backing up uh, with ships coming into the various ports across the country. But uh, so... Again, you know, fifty-eight point seven on that services PMI, that translates to a three point four percent annualized GDP growth. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, the inventories, uh, which is I think the next uh, point that you will probably be hitting on, uh, took a you know major major drop, and it is below fifty.
2: Yes, at 49.2, down 9 percentage points month over month. And what our respondents have been telling us, um, and think about this, you know, typically at year-end, they try to get their inventories down. Uh, They push toward getting their inventories down by year-end for uh, uh, fiscal purposes. But it was that coupled with the uh, capacity, production capacity issues, logistics challenges, uh, supply and demand increasing, this is uh, um, what caused the uh, the uh, shortfall on inventories. So inventories being down is not a bad thing. It, it does tell us that there's some uh, some burn off there, and that uh, the demand is exceeding the supply, and that hopefully uh, we'll see some inventory build up uh, going forward, uh, which seems to be the uh, what all indications are that they'll start building up the inventories.
1: We noticed in the manufacturing uh, report uh, also there was a uh, uh, significant inventory drop, which is only good news because that means they got to start buying stuff. So we're, we're kind of thrilled about that.
2: And inventory uh, comes more into play on the manufacturing side. You have longer cycle times uh, than you do on, on the services side and in services, it's more demand pull uh more just in time uh versus what you see on the uh on the build up for for the manufacturing you know that better than i do okay,
1: okay Anthony, so, uh, a, couple of,
0: a couple of indus- industries or a seg sectors sorry that I always say <laughs> industry one right now is restaurants i mean all over the country they're experiencing hard shutdowns or partial shutdowns. How much does that impact this
2: report? Well, when you look at the food service uh, portion of the, in, in the industry, it's a combination of food services are one together and they've both taken a, a hit uh, from this pandemic. Uh, it's all because of the customer facing and, and the proximity of people and, and, just the whole the the way the footprint is for food service establishments they need to maximize their square footage in order to uh, remain profitable and viable Um, and it's really in the in the sense of contribution to gdp it may not be that significant but think of all of the, uh, the the labor component of that how many people are employed in those industries and that is what has been affected um, more so. I mean don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to diminish uh, the the hardship and, and of these businesses and the viability uh, long term, but it's 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 all uh, interrelated. You have all of the people that are employed in these industries that are also just been hammered and um, you know I had mentioned on the show previously about how the margins are tight especially in food service more so than in what you would see in the hotel and the accommodation side. but certainly in food service restaurants even if they're running at optimal levels they're lucky if they're pulling in you know somewhere between 10 and 15 percent on a gross operating profit so they need to maximize every single square footage and so when you've reduced the capacity and you've regulated them to just outside dining and then you have one of the, the controllable variable expenses for these operations is payroll because of the staffing, uh, service personnel, um, host, hostesses, anything like that, um, that gets cut back based on um, the, the, the volume of business and, and how they're maximizing their capacity. And with that said, uh, these industries, many especially of the small operators that don't have the, the coffers and don't have the cash liquidity to weather this, uh, they're the ones we may not see come back. Uh, they may not come back from this pandemic even some of the larger chains have been uh, impacted so hard by this and so um, as we look and see things starting to reopen uh, hopefully uh, it's just a path towards uh, a total reopening and I think it's all contingent upon uh, the rollout of this vaccine and uh, hopefully there's no challenges with any variant from that uh, you know mutation of the virus and then uh, seeing the number of cases uh, be reduced across the board and hospitalizations and we saw some of that diminish or, or decline I should say and that's why we've seen the uh, op- reopenings uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks or week depending on what uh, geographic uh, area of the country you're in
1: There's a, a medical report that came out uh, just this morning that claims that after you have had the uh, two uh, vaccinations, if that's the one you got to Moderna, that you don't need to be wearing a mask anymore. That came out just this morning. And uh, frankly, I don't know who or what to believe anymore. So uh, I'm not suggesting that we stop wearing masks. But Uh, This did make uh, the news headlines this morning, and uh, actually my daughter went for her second shot today, and she called me and said this is what the hospital told her. The report came out this morning. So if it's true, uh, we may start seeing a uh, a, a sooner turnaround than uh, than what I've been predicting of uh, going through this for another year. Um, So we'll we'll have to see how that goes out. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, I'd
2: like to see that. Could you imagine no masks or uh, no one in a restaurant coming to serve you looking like they're in a hazmat suit? Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: And 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 it's so much easier to rob banks with a mask on.
2: Wow. That's right. you must be that's from right. you must be from back east you're talking about you know leveraging this whole mask wearing to rob banks come on really yeah. Lou? <laughs> yeah. that's it. so far i got 3 under my belt <laughs> yeah it's the only time ever we could walk into a bank wearing a mask and no one stops you right <laughs> that's right. right so anthony
0: uh, what sectors are driving this uh index up to 50
2: 8.7. Well, we've had 14 of the 18 industries that show uh, or reflect growth, and leading it is uh, real estate, rental, and leasing, uh, followed by construction. Uh, and that's more on the um, – uh, we're seeing definitely uh, from our semiannual report that we're seeing some uh, capital improvements, uh, capital reinvestment is a big component going forward. And the third uh, industry there is wholesale trade. And I always like to look at wholesale trade because when you look at services industry, especially multi-unit service industries, they're very – with disparate locations, they're very reliant on um, overland trucking and and they need a distribution channel. And that's where the wholesale trade, they add the time and place value uh, of of getting the products delivered from uh, the origin source uh, to the end user.
1: Uh, there is one point that I find uh, interesting, and I, I'm kind of wondering what the number, what the ISM number would have looked like had new export orders not taken a 10% hit down to 47.0.
2: Yeah, great question. I think that, um, you know, overall, as far as the composite, it wouldn't have impacted the composite. It's not one of the uh, components of the composite, but certainly. Uh, when you look at exports and exports is not uh, as big in the tangible goods area as you would see on the manufacturing side um, right. export what is mostly exported is is the, uh, the from the services is that whole knowledge management piece uh, which includes information um, professional scientific technical services, management of company and support services, and um, you know information is Fairly over the you know the baseline as far as when you look at that industry, and um, but yet management and company support services they they reflect their growth. It's just not on the export side, and what is exported mm-hmm. on services arena is is a much smaller percentage than what you see in the manufacturing sector. Got it. Got it. Okay.
1: Well, all in all, it's uh, it's a it's a good report. How do you feel that this is? You know, typically January is not a good month of the year uh, because uh, you know we're all recuperating from holidays, whatever kind of holiday we had this year. Uh, but January is a kind of a startup month, and it's not generally uh, as good as uh, manufacturing and services have has now reported. Is that, uh, you agree with that?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, historically it's always been that pivotal month. We see that carryover uh, from January to early part of February, that it's not quite uh, come back from uh, just because of the post-holiday, as you mentioned. I think we're in a much different arena today uh, due to the mitigating circumstances of the pandemic, that we've been at such low levels, and that any kind of a positive direction each month is going to reflect this growth. and um, But looking around at the environment and what's going on economically, um, based on also what we had come out of our semiannual forecast, all the respondents feel that 2021 is going to be a good year, provided we don't get derailed here. But I think it's going to be a good year, and as we've spoken in the past, that the second half will certainly be stronger than the first half. So all indications are that we're on this uh, good path uh, going forward. I think a lot of there's still many variables and contingencies out there, but uh and I'm not trying to put a caveat in place, uh, you know, where your mileage may vary or something like that. But I think going forward, um, you know, it's just a good positive trend that we see.
1: And all indications based on pre, uh,
0: prehistoric. Uh pre prehistoric. <laughs>
1: Uh, pre uh, February, March uh, typically are you know pretty good months in at least in the manufacturing side. Uh, I would assume it's uh, similar on the services side.
2: Definitely, and I think that it's good to see the strength on the manufacturing side. Manufacturing has always led recoveries, just as it's led us into recessionary periods. And it certainly bodes well for uh, both sectors, uh, even though the manufacturing, not not to, you know, take a shot at manufacturing being the smaller percentage of contribution to GDP, uh, but it still uh, is a, is a bellwether, a good indicator of of what, what is forthcoming.
0: Anthony, what does your number and, Tim's number translate, and I realize we're only in January. What does it translate to in terms of GDP?
2: On an annualized basis, 3.4% growth.
0: That would be uh, a great year.
1: (laughs) We don't do too many of those. No,
0: we don't. Well, I we were just having a discussion earlier on a show with uh, Chris Keel about GDP and how they compute that number, and that's the fuzziest math that I think I've experienced in some time. I have no clue how they come up with that number.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I think for the you know the sake of the listeners, when we look at how we're translating this or transposing it. On this services side, uh, it's it's again on an annualized basis. That's why you see it moving from month to month, uh, since we're only looking at a month snapshot uh, on this on this report. And so, um, if the trend continues, yeah, that's one thing. But if we have a dip in the numbers next month, it's not going to reflect 3.4, or, or even if it, if it's an increase, it'll show something higher. But you know, again, it's just doing a comparison more so than uh, trying to say this is what the true picture is uh, long-term.
1: Nice. So the, the, true, the true picture of a GDP, which number are you talking about? The, the released number, the revised number, revision number three, <laughs> the revision number four? Which one is the
2: real number? <laughs> it goes back to your mileage may vary. Yeah,
0: no doubt about that. Uh, Anthony, this is such a good report, and Lou and I were just chuckling recently that, you know, when the news is good, it's harder to talk about than when the news is bad. Uh, So uh, sharing what you know about this report, any headwinds? And I know there's COVID out there and uh, a new administration and, all those kinds of things. But other than those two big ones, the government and COVID, are there any surprises in there that could upset services as we roll through 2021 at this very early stage?
2: So far things look good. Uh, When you take out the uh, pandemic, if you take that out of the equation, uh, it makes it tough. There's always been, uh, if you think back to pre-pandemic discussions that we've had and we were talking about what's going to be the challenge for the economy going forward because it was looking so good prior to the pandemic. It was like, number one, would it overheat, right? Would we feel some uh, inflationary pressure? Uh, We have to keep an eye on prices because we're starting to see some uh, strong prices out there and mostly driven by uh, not only the supply and demand uh, with limited production capacity, but also certain uh, areas like fuel, fuel costs are rising, lumber products, uh, steel, steel prices, you know, these, are, and, and of course we have the labor component, uh, the available labor pool that's applicable to outstanding jobs, open positions out there that's not uh, matching up just yet. But putting all that aside, um, looking at the vaccine rollout is critical um, in, in getting us back to some kind of normal state. Uh, even, uh, whether, you know, this pans out or not, uh, you know, Lou, you touched on it. If we get to where we're at levels of operating, no masks, uh, everyone's vaccinated, there's no variant in the equation, no mutation, no virus mutation that's going to cause us to be pushed off the rails here. Uh, these are strong, strong things to consider. Uh, as far as geopolitical concerns, uh, there are been some rumblings lately, uh, But we'll see how that pans out. Right now, we have to just focus on uh, getting everyone back to work, uh, ensuring that businesses uh, remain viable, and hopefully we'll see this recovery uh, stay on this good path that we see this month.
1: Yeah, as long as we're not living in Myanmar. Exactly. (laughs) That's That's right. Well, this is, uh, this is really, really good stuff. And you're you're racking up points for the yellow jacket uh, month after month. We're, we're going to have to have a, a yellow jacket month. Sometime this sounds year. Sounds good. We're going to do, do a yellow jacket month. Have to get your jacket size. Yes. Unfortunately, we, when, when we, we do the yellow during COVID.
0: Yeah, What's that's that? right. Well, when we...
2: Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, same jacket size from pre-COVID, so I'm good.
0: Well, good, And When we do the yellow jacket, uh, we are going to have to flip over to Zoom and Absolutely. go audio-video.
1: So everyone can matter, fact, Matter of fact, uh, matter of fact uh, uh, Anthony, uh, we have started that, uh, and we're beginning to do uh, audio-video shows. And actually, uh, uh, Tim even suggested that perhaps uh,
2: we should be doing that. So we'll uh, you know, think about that. Yes. Which, which Tim are you talking about?
1: Tim Fiore brought it up.
2: <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't get the Tims mixed up. You know, we're always Tim Square here.
1: No, no, no. Tim, <laughs> Tim, Peary, Tim, heard we were doing it, and he brought it up and said, "Wow, yeah, I'd like to do that." So we'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to converse on that.
2: Certainly, wouldn't it be nice to? Um, uh, I, I know this year is uh, 2021 is not the case, but it would be nice to see a in-person international conference again. <laughs> yeah, that
1: would be nice. Yeah, that'd be nice to to get out of town once in a while and go to one of these uh, events. (laughs) Leave
2: home for a while. Yeah, get off one of those exits in New Jersey. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you only go
1: in circles. You you get off uh, one of our Jersey exits and you just keep on going in circles. That's why I think. That's why they think yeah. people in New Jersey are a little crazy. So I good. contend
0: I contend that the people are living in New Jersey because they can't find their way out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the uh, signage is
0: pretty interesting. Anthony, thanks for joining us again on Manufacturing Talk Radio, and I want to encourage all of our listeners to go to ismworld.org. There's a ton of information there, including this report. And, Anthony, we appreciate and what you share with us and look forward to chatting with you again next month.
2: Well, thank you for having me on the show. And hopefully everyone in the state of Jersey doesn't uh, dislike Tim and I. So uh, we're, uh, I look forward to next month. Excellent. Thank you again. Take care, gentlemen.
0: And we've been speaking with Anthony Mievis, who is the committee chair for the services report on business from the Institute for Supply Management. Again, that's ismworld.org. And chatting with our show sponsor, Lou Weiss of All Metals and Forge Group. If you're looking for open die forgings or seamless rolled rings, check out steelforge.com. And while you're surfing the web, please stop in at JacketMediaCo.com, where you will find links to all of our podcasts. And thank you again for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio.
1: Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com.